Welcome back, students. We're going to talk today about Odysseus making it back home, uh, specifically book 13, maybe a little bit of book 14. We're going to be moving fast through this material. But first and foremost, I want to go back to Therenikia and to the Isle of the Sun and ask you a couple questions. Ah, yes. Okay. Here's who I want to ask you about. Before we even got to the Isle of the Sun, after we got through Stilp and Charybdis, which brilliant, brilliant, brilliant crewmate of Odysseus's, who almost got his head cut off anyway, way back on Cersei's Island, suggests, hey, Odysseus, you're really strong. We're not so strong. We need to stop at this island. Yes. Mm -hmm. Eurylochus. And Eurylochus is what relationship, which might be kind of weird to Odysseus, perhaps indicating why Odysseus doesn't cut off his head like Dolon got from Diomedes in the first place. Yes? Brother-in-law. Brother Very tricky relationship, brother-in-law, I imagine. In fact, I don't have a brother-in-law. Someday, perhaps, I will. But I do have a good friend in town who has a brother-in-law. And supposedly, whenever they're supposed to hang out, the brother-in-law shows up. 10 minutes to an hour late. Do you think that that's on purpose? Perhaps, perhaps not. Interesting sort of relationship. In any case, we get to the Isle of the Sun. What is the name of the Isle of the Sun? It's not just called the Isle of the Sun, yes? Trinachia. sometimes called Trinachia, depending on which translation you get. And so Odysseus says, okay, we can stop at this island because there's a what mounting in the distance, which might destroy the ship, yes? A storm. A storm, so it seems intelligent to go to Therenikia, is it intelligent? No. Because nothing is as it seems. seems. Very good, especially in the Odyssey and also, of course, reality. Um, in fact, some uh, contemporary physicists, physicists seem to think that reality is made up of strings and super strings that are invisible to your eyes, meaning can you even see reality? No, and I mean, most people understand that string and super string theory. And uh, supposedly there are like seven strings in string theory and there are like 20 and super strength. Can you see molecules, for example? Can you see germs? Can you see viruses? Can you see political ideas? Can you see, in the Odyssey and the Iliad, can you even see the gods? Not unless they let you. Not unless they let you, or you're which character? Which is the one character we, we have observed who can see the gods, yes? Helen. Helen. Helen, and probably that's because her father is whom? Not King Tyndarius. That's who's supposed to be her father. But who's actually her father? Who remembers this? He was in the form of a swan with her mother, Leah. Yes, as you would expect, it was Zeus cheating on his wife, whom? Hera. Very good. Okay, in any case, we get to this Isle of the Sun. There are a bunch of delicious-looking cattle around. At first, we're like, that's not a big deal, but how long do we get stuck on this island? It's just as long as, though, as Menelaus got stuck on Pharos, yes? For a month. Oh, my gosh. Actually, longer than 20 days. How long? Uh, Menelaus was there and it's like, oh my goodness, they're stuck there, they're stuck there. And well, while they're stuck there, they run out of supplies from Circe. They try doing what D during the interim? Yes? They try to fish. Fish are in short supply. They start to what? They start to starve. Odysseus goes off to take a nap. When, what other time or times has Odysseus taken a nap and then his men got up to no good, sort of suggesting that the leader is supposed to embody the intellect of a people, so when your mind falls asleep, what happens to you? Bad things. Oh, yes. When were the other times? When was another time? Yes. During the Bag of Winds. During the Bag of Winds, the Iolus episode. Yes, of course. Recall, Odysseus falls asleep. What do his men do? Open the bag. And then what happens? <clears throat> yes, they open the bag. Tornado comes out, pushes them all the way back to the Iolian island. Does he give them the winds again? No, he says, get away from me, you're cursed, obviously. Okay, so who is it that decides again to speak up 
and give some very Thersitean advice to the men of Odysseus. Yes. Why do I say Thersitean advice when I ask about what Eurylochus says to Odysseus? Who can think this through? Who can think this through today? Yes? It's only for the worst. Because it is for the worst. It sounds intelligent, but does it have an intelligent output, I suppose? What is the effect of his words? Does it make people's lives better, or does it make their lives worse? Worse. What, what is your evidence for his advice making their lives worse? Because they die. They get killed. That's right. Exactly. Exactly. Very, very good. And in fact, um, after they eat the cattle of the sun, what is it that Apollo, here called Helios Hyperion, what is it that he threatens to do for all time? Oh, you're really answering every question today. Yes. Take away the sun. Leave it actually where? Not here, but in Hades. Leave it in Hades. The sun belong in Hades? No, it's not going to really help any what sort of people then? The other sort? The living people, right. And who needs the sun? The living people. Because we need it to see and to grow, right? That's the idea. Dead people need to grow much? No. no they basically just sort of degenerate into nothing. All right, in any case... Let's move forward. So, we saw all that. Ah, uh, yes, of course. Which god then throws a thunderbolt at Odysseus's men's ship, destroys all the men except for Odysseus, yes? Zeus. Zeus throws it. Odysseus on a raft. Again, we always see him on rafts, don't we? Leaving Calypso's island later. He's on a raft. Here, he's on a raft. He swirls past which, which, and I do have a couple corrections here. The sort of tree and the god. I looked all that up. We'll get it right here. Who is it that he uh, kind of paddles past at first? Who then starts sucking down the salt sea horrifically? Yes. Charybdis. And I got this wrong. I thought it was an olive tree at first, but it's not an olive tree he hangs on to. What sort of tree is it? It's another sort of delicious, delicious sort of, not plant, but fruit. Have any of you ever had bacon wrapped? Finish that for me. Figs. Mm. Any of you ever had bacon wrapped figs? with some good cheese in it. I forget what sort of cheese I eat. Like goat cheese. Goat cheese, honey, bacon, and fig. Mwah! It's one of the best things I've ever tasted. It's a little picnic thing you can eat. If you think it sounds weird, you gotta try it. You gotta try it. It's much better than a Hershey's candy bar. <laughs> in any case, you always want the gifts that are more thoughtful than the gifts you can just buy. Because then what does somebody spend their time doing when they make it? Who are they thinking of? They're thinking of you, and that's the whole idea. That's the whole idea. That's why you're supposed to give people calls that, out of random and send people little notes because it makes them feel happy. I mean, think about you. If you were to receive an envelope in the mail that was addressed to you, would you get a little, ha, ah, little burst of positive emotion? And then you see that it's a bill, and then you feel happy. <laughs> and that's what it's like to be an adult. You don't get the little personal thank you notes all the time, unless you're a teacher, which is a very nice thing about being a teacher, but often it's a bill. Bill or bill collector, depending on where you are with it. All right, in any case... We get by Charybdis holding on to a fig tree. When was another time that Odysseus had to show tremendous physical perseverance by holding on to something in order to keep himself from dying? Yes? When he held on to the bottom of the ram, when who would have clearly killed him had he gotten his hands on him? Polyphemus, the big old Cyclops. Very good, very good, very good. Then we paddle by whom? Who we're very terrified of. Why? Yes? Scylla, why are we so scared of going by Scylla with no weapon, armor, or crew? What have we seen with our eyes? Yes? 
pretty horrifying. Does she eat them alive? Ah! Do they scream Odysseus's name when? Ah! And so probably he has that burned into his memory. What is he thinking about while he paddles by her? Clearly, his men and their fate, and probably thinking that he's about to what that fate? Share it or repeat it. Yes. And yet, who who guards him? I didn't. I had to look this up to refresh my memory on this. Do you know who who makes it so that Scylla does not see him? Yeah, give it a shot. Zeus. It is Zeus. It's the father of the gods. Of all gods, it's Zeus. You would think it would be who? Mm-hmm. Athena, of course. Athena is always the one helping him. But in this case, I wonder if it's just because it's dumb luck or because it's his fate. Because it doesn't seem to be because he's intelligent that he gets by, right? It's not even like a really good plan. I think you actually one of you suggested pretty interestingly that why didn't uh, Odysseus just hang on to the the bottom of the raft? And I thought that was a pretty good question. I think the reason is because he has to paddle. I think the reason is because he has to paddle through. And if he doesn't paddle through, he's just going to hang out there. And is that somewhere you want to hang out very long? No, it's like the worst place. It's like hanging out in front of a terrible decision. Do you want to spend your whole life just making a decision, or do you want to make it and move on? You want to make it and move on. Right, you got to move forward in life. All right, so we know all this. Okay, good. Boom. So Odysseus finishes his story because, of course, after Odysseus uh, makes it past Scylla and Charybdis the second time on his little dinky raft, which is a part of his ship that was destroyed by Zeus, he makes it to Ogygia, spends how many years there with Calypso? Seven years with Calypso, then makes another raft. (laughs) It gets destroyed now by which god? Poseidon. And then he ends up not even having that raft. He, 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 uh, what? he floats around on driftwood for two days. And then which goddess is it that gives him a veil that helps him to make it to the Phaeacians, which, at which he now is telling the story? Yes. Eno, anybody recall the other name of her that means shining goddess in Greek? Yes. Loikothia. Yes, Loikothia. Loikos means shining, Thea means goddess, goddess. The word theology has the word theos, which is the masculine form of Thea in it. Thea, feminine, theos, masculine, just sort of like in Spanish. O is the masculine ending. What is the feminine ending? A. A, very good, very similar to both Greek and Latin, both Greek and Latin. In fact, the word alathea for truth in Greek is feminine. Very interesting. Like Athena. Hmm. In any case, though Athena was spelled with an epsilon at the end, or an eta, not generally with an alpha, as the Romans wrote her name. <clears throat> In any case, Alcanoas then tells Odysseus they will send him home now. Finally, because what has Odysseus wanted to do the entire time he's in the Phaeacian island on Scria? Yes? He's wanted to go home. What is our evidence that he's wanted to go home the entire time? Who recalls a little incident that happened between the youth and old... Odysseus, yes? He was challenged to games by the son of Alcanoas as well as his friend. I'm for, I seem to be recall, forgetting their names. One was like a Leia name and the other one was a Yura name. Anybody recall the names of these young men? Euryalus. And does anybody recall the name of the son? Laomedon is the father of Priam. Yes? Laodamus. Very good, Laodamus. And I actually did forget those names, so good work, y'all. Okay, so the ship gets loaded with Odysseus and his gifts, which is really nice, because does he have his own ship? No. 
Does he have any of his loot from Troy or from the Kakones now? No. So is he going to actually be able to bring home some bacon? Yes. Thank you. Thank you, five camps. And you might want to think, why do they give him so many gifts? Because he didn't bring them anything physical, right? He didn't even have his own clothes when he showed up on Scria. But what did he bring them that is potentially even more valuable than gold or cattle or women even? Yes. Precisely. Precisely. And will we pay for stories? For example, do we pay to go to movies? Do we pay for books? Do we have Audible subscriptions and Kindles? And do we pay sometimes to go to operas or to the theater? Or do we even pay to have subscriptions to magazines? Yes? Yes. Will we pay for information? Absolutely. We love information. Perhaps it is the most valuable thing that exists. In any case, as Odysseus boards 1375 to 93, he becomes weary. He falls asleep, which makes us think, what's about to happen? Something bad. something bad, because every time he falls asleep, it seems like something bad is going to happen, except for, are the Phaeacians more trustworthy than Odysseus's men? Yes. Yes, we don't 100% know that yet, but every indication seems to be that they are virtuous, noble, sort of inhumanly good people. They're sort of like the opposite of which peoples we've run into. I'm thinking of two specifically, giant savages who destroy people and eat them. The Cyclopes and the Lystrigones, and instead of ingesting information, what is it that they like to ingest? Like savages. Actual people's flesh, right? Actual people's flesh, rather than informing themselves with the information of people. The most useful thing people can give you is their bodies to eat or their thoughts to digest. Their thoughts, obviously. That's how communication works. That is, of course, what humans can do that other animals can't. In fact, the most sophisticated thing that a chimpanzee can say is they have something called a snake raw, which is where they see a giant snake and it essentially means something like, hey, look, there's a giant snake! And they'll scream for some absurd amount of time. And rats have a certain scream like that for cats, too. I think they will scream for 24 straight hours hypersonically, which means we can't hear it, saying, oh my gosh, there's a giant super thing. And I mean, imagine if there were a super giant in front of you, what would you do? Scream. You for sure scream, and that would tell everybody around you, come towards me or run away! Run away. That's right. That's right. Very interesting. Very interesting. But you can say things like run away or come save me. You don't just have to scream. Very sophisticated thing. The dog can't do that. Interesting. Hmm. Okay. So he falls asleep. And while he's asleep, he's oblivious to all he suffered. When is the only time in life you are not subject to suffering? Except for what? Suppose when you're having bad dreams. Yes? Sleep and death. That's right. That's right. In fact, Herodotus will say, Paul, no man happy until he is dead. Suggesting that, when are you done suffering as a mortal person? When you have shown your mortality by dying. That's right. That's right. Insofar as you're alive, you have to deal with suffering. That seems to be perhaps a part of a meaningful life. Meaning makes suffering worth dealing with. That seems to be the choice Odysseus made. He could have stayed on Ojibwe the whole time. Had a great life forever with Calypso, did not choose it. Why? Perhaps meaning is more important than happiness. In any case, let's keep moving. Here's a nice picture of an Achaean ship. Looks good. One deck, lots of oars. Uh, good sail. That sail gets torn. Big issues for you because you can no longer catch the what? The wind. Makes you go a lot slower. It means you have to use your own uh, what constantly? Your own strength. Yes, natural forces are very 
Impressive, very impressive things. In fact, we're trying to harness a couple natural forces in order to replace our, uh, in order to generate electricity. Do you know what two solar energy we're trying and what other sort, yes? And wind energy too. They don't seem to be very successful, unfortunately. Uh, not as successful as power plants. That said, uh, perhaps you will be the genius engineers that produce some new form of energy. Could definitely happen. All right, Ithaca. We know that Odysseus is making it to Ithaca. He does not know that he's making it to Ithaca. So, at the harbor at Ithaca, it is called the Harbor of Forkist, and he is an old man of the sea. He is not the old man of the sea. Do any of you recall what the shape-shifting old man of the sea that Menelaus had to catch in order to get information for how to return home was called? We have an adjective in our language based on him. Yes? Proteus. And in fact, if you are the sort of person whose story is always changing, or always changing the color of your hair, your personal style, and you're just changing, 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 what will we call you? Protean. You're pretty protean. You're always shape-shifting, like Shane Sung from Mortal Kombat. Anybody ever play that game? Big game when I grew up. That and Street Fighter. You're either a Street Fighter guy or a Mortal Kombat guy, just like you were a Sega guy or a Nintendo guy. You're like Mario or Little Blue Hedgehog. Anybody, did I ever tell you which one I liked? Little Blue Hedgehog or a little Italian guy who likes to take mushrooms and become larger slash invincible? <laughs> I was a Sonic guy because I like to go what? <coughs> just like Ricky Bobby. That's right. Two entrances to Ithaca. One is the entrance of the immortals. One is the entrance of the mortals. Very curious which one that Odysseus gets deposited through through these Phaeacian ships. One faces the north wind, Boreas, which is why we have the Aurora Borealis, which means the northern lights or the northern dawn, technically. And Notus is the southern wind. The divinities enter by this way. No men. 111 to 112, um, book 14. Odysseus is dropped off in the divine south wing entrance, still asleep. He enters through the entrance of the gods, unknown. Yet he is himself very much a what? Immortal. Immortal, as he constantly reminds us. Whenever somebody says that he looks as a god, when he meets Telemachus, when he meets Nausicaa, what is it that they say to him? Oh my goodness, you're so handsome and tall that you remind me of a what? God, and he always says what? Do any of you recall sort of what he says? Yes. Yes, that's uh, that is often what he says. He says, "Yes, I am no, I am no god. Uh, I am subject, of course, to the shameful belly." And recently on Thrinakia, did we see some other men subject to the shameful belly that got them killed? Yeah. If you're a human, you get what? Like a what? Like an animal. That's right. Because do the gods know hunger, even though they technically eat some intangible substance called ambrosia? No. They're hungry for interesting things to happen. They're curious, perhaps. I wonder if curiosity is mental hunger. We do even use those yeah. expressions, right? We say, I'm hungry for something new, right? Something like that. Mm. Or I've got a thirst for adventure. We say that, right? Very, very interesting. Very interesting. I don't know. In any case, let's keep moving. So here's a picture of modern Ithaca, where we think Ithaca was. Look pretty beautiful. Yeah, 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 of course. Of course, look at it before you make a judgment. Let the record show. He did not look at it before he said that. I'm just kidding. Yes? Wait, so the only way to enter the harbor is we have the north wind or the south wind? So, they are the... There is the northern harbor of Boreas. There is the southern harbor of Notus. The southern harbor is the harbor of the gods. Only gods can enter that. The northern harbor is the regular harbor that Telemachus will come into for mortals. 
Phaeacians with their super magical ships that know all places and can move as fast as thought come in through the south one. So is anybody going to see Odysseus come back to Ithaca? No, very interesting. It's sort of like sort of like the idea, there's this like sort of New Testament story where like, does anybody see this God come onto earth? Or does he show up in a manger where animals are kept? Sort of like big things start in what sorts of places? Small places? Very interesting idea, yes? It could, it could. California's a very paradisical place, too, of course, where we live. But a couple of things to notice about this. Very big place, very small place. Small place. Plains or hills and crags? Hills and crags. And now, so if you're a military man back in these Achaean times, you probably want really good what? What did we constantly see in Troy was considered a great thing to have? It was like, I said, like having a Mustang these days. Nice horses, good horses. Well, tell me the conditions under which you want horses. Flat plains where they can race around, or hilly areas where they can't really run around. You want flat areas. What sorts of creatures like craggy areas? Perhaps you've seen a YouTube video of them hopping around before with horns on their head. Goats. Goats, Goats exactly. And so the idea behind Ithaca is it's a very rich place or kind of a poor place? Kind of a poor place. You can't even raise uh, great horses. In fact, when... Menelaus tries to give Telemachus a bunch of nice horses. Does Telemachus turn him down? Yes, he says, what am I going to do with horses in Ithaca? They don't even really have any plains or pastures to run around on. It's a very craggy, hilly area. Okay? It's, it's essentially like most islands. Most islands. Uh, I can't tell. I, I think I heard this once. I can't confirm this for now, but I think the vast majority of islands are formed high. Volcanically. I don't necessarily think that's the case here. I don't know whether that's the case for the um, islands off the coast of Greece, or at this po point, what would have been called the Peloponnesian Peninsula, Argos. Um, but a very interesting idea. That would explain why they have such interesting geographical features. All right, good. So, bang, we got to talk about something important. Poseidon sees all of this go down. Recall, he's pretty angry at Odysseus. He also is pretty upset about the fact that his five kings have given safe conveyance home to Odysseus meaning that they essentially subverted his will. That means they went against what he wanted, which means he's probably going to reward them or punish them. <laughs> punish them, of course. So he goes to talk to Zeus. Man, I'm glad to see they're on talking terms after the Iliad, because they almost got into a big what in the Iliad. Big old fight when Poseidon disobeyed his older brother. And again, he is called the older brother here, though in most mythology, Zeus is the youngest brother. Not true for Homer, though. Not for Homer. They seem to um, they seem to accept primogeniture is the term for the primacy of the first child. Any of you first children? The reason in the past why, what was it that the first child, generally male, would receive from the parents which made them special? Your parent owns some property. Who gets that property? You do. If you're the first child, that was the old idea. That was the old idea. Is that necessarily true these days? No. No, not necessarily. No. In any case, Poseidon laments to Zeus about Odysseus making it home. Zeus says, none would insult the eldest and best of the gods. Poseidon says, you know, if my own people don't respect me, I'm going to be a laughing stock. Nobody's going to respect me anymore. Nobody's going to sacrifice to me. Poseidon will be a joke. God, Zeus says, hmm, that does not sound correct. 
to me, you are a terrifying God of earthquakes, the horse, and of course of storms on the sea. These are a seafaring people. Are storms terrifying? Yes. Do you want storms to come if you are on the sea on a boat? No. So you're probably going to do what? Anytime you're about to go on a big journey. You're probably going to pray and sacrifice to Poseidon. That's right. That's right. He has no weakling. Just the fact that Odysseus makes it home. Who doesn't make it home with Odysseus? All of his men. So did Poseidon still have a pretty deep negative impact on both Odysseus's life and all his men's? Yeah, he's a pretty strong god. Odysseus is just a very exceptional mortal who has, frankly speaking, gotten a lot of help from the gods, right? Eno and Lycothea, Calypso, Circe, Athena, the king of the gods. He's gotten a lot of help. Is that correct? He's even gone down to the other world. And what was the name of that one blind prophet who helped him out? Teresius. Good, good, good. So he's gotten a lot of help along the way. In any case, Poseidon says, hmm, no, I'm pretty upset. These are the two things I'm going to do. I'm going to turn the ship that took Odysseus back to stone. He's going to turn it into a what? What is it that we do? We'll, we'll make a person into stone. We call those what's? A uh, statue, uh, but bigger versions of these. It's a glorious word. We call them monuments, right? It's like it's going to be a monument to their disobedience. Good. He also says he's going to hide scurry under a mountain. That seems a bit extreme. That seems a bit extreme because what is it that the Scurrians did, which meant that they honored the will of Zeus, even over the will of Poseidon, which seen, which we will see was a very important thing for them to have done? The Zinnia, right. The guest host relationship. They didn't eat Odysseus. They didn't turn him away. They fed, they clothed him, they put him on his way. They helped him as much as they possibly could. They even told him some good stories and entertained him, right? I mean, will you ever forget that Ares, Aphrodite, and Hephaestus story? Probably not. I mean, when I was talking, making fun of Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga last night, after or yesterday, during, after their performance at the Oscars, I mentioned Aries and Aphrodite. Anybody understand why? Bradley Cooper has a girlfriend. Uh-huh. And Lady Gaga, I think, is in the middle of getting divorced. Are they both involved with somebody else? Do you know what everybody thinks after that song two nights ago? Who are they really involved with? Ooh. That Aries and Aphrodite story have present relevance? Very much so, very much so, of course. Though that's all speculation, of course. In any case, Zeus suggests, mm, maybe, and I want you to really think about this. I'm going to ask you a question about this. He says, maybe you want to think about this, Poseidon. Your people are good people, even though they disobeyed you. Maybe you can turn the ship to stone and not cover the island. Why does Zeus suggest this? Yes. Precisely. Precisely. There are some rules that are even larger and more important than other rules. The biggest rule is treat the people around you how you want to be treated. The Zinnia. Exactly. Offer them hospitality. What are they likely to offer to you? And that makes you both water. Not only better, but safer, which is very important in a very dangerous time. It seems like Zeus offers this protection, offers this advice precisely because of their nobility, their excellence, their following of his law. Excellent thinking. When you first said that in seminar, I was very impressed. Still thinking about it. Poseidon then takes this advice. He does this. And the fire can't see it happen. Alcanoas then recognizes, unlike Polyphemus, that the prophecy is being enacted in front of him. 
He sees what's happening around him. Is that very impressive? He's very like, what are the class of people in the ancient world that can see what's happening around them? They even understand bird signs. The prophets. It's like, and I want you to think about how impressive it is to understand a situation while it's unfolding. Do most people understand what's happening around them? Or do they only understand after the fact, post facto? Post facto, after the fact, it's very hard to understand what's happening to you in the moment it's happening. You generally have to what on it. It's a word we use related to mirrors. Reflect on it. Right, which means during the moment or after the moment? After, precisely so. Not so with this man, Alkanoas. Good king or bad king, the fact that he can recognize what's happening in the moment it's happening. Good king, very perspicacious, very cute vision of his. Remember that when I talk to you about Jupiter eagles in the Paradiso next year, Cantos 18 and 20 of the Paradiso. In any case, Poseidon does this, the fact he didn't see it happen, Alkanoas recognizes this, that the prophecy is being fulfilled, and then tell me if this is intelligent or unintelligent. He makes a sacrifice to Poseidon and resolves to stop offering free conveyance to any who show up. He says, let's make a sacrifice. Let's go make a sacrifice. Because they're probably doomed, but if they're not doomed, what's the one thing they can do to probably stay that doom? What's the one thing the gods always want? What's the one thing that Poseidon was afraid he would not receive anymore because of the dishonor he was shown by his own people? So if they sacrifice to him, will they prove his logic wrong? Because obviously they disobeyed him, but do they still respect him? Yes, so he just had to show a little bit of force. And I want you to think about why this is intelligent, too. And the Romans used to do this. It was called a decimation. After uh, a military battle where there was an insurrection, like people uh, moved against the Roman legions as a whole, they would have one-tenth of their people killed. That's what a decimation is, to reduce by one-tenth, not to one-tenth. We misuse the word all the time these days because we don't know our Latin anymore. Why is it more intelligent for Poseidon to make a show of force but leave his people alive than to destroy his people to five kings if what he wants is maximal sacrifices in respect of his power as a god? Because he will get more of what he wants. That's precisely correct. He will put the fear of God into them, the Timor Dei, but he will still receive more sacrifices. So, very interesting logic there, though it seems to be, I would say, very valid. Because he gets to keep his people alive. That's good. He gets to get more sacrifices and gets to get the respect that he thought he had slighted to him in the first place. He's very unlike which character who uh, doesn't exactly know how to deal with being disrespected from the Iliad. And then doesn't end up getting the gifts and what he precisely wants. Apuleius. Apuleius, that's right. These gods, something to teach us, something to teach us. Okay, Odysseus wakes up in Ithaca. This is going to be the last bit that we talk about today. He wakes up. What's a great word for waking up and not knowing where you are? You would call yourself dis-what? Not discombobulated, that's a great word, but I'm looking for an even better word for this specific moment. Oriented. Disoriented, right? He's disoriented. He doesn't even know where he was. Is, that's right. Athena pours a mist about Odysseus. I want you to think about this. We symbolically interpreted Athena to be Odysseus's what at times? His mind, right. Do we talk about being in a brain fog at times or having a foggy memory? Yes, of course. It's almost like he wakes up and he doesn't see where he is, either mentally or obviously in this case physically. Athena keeps him from understanding what it is he sees. And this is important because Think about Agamemnon. Agamemnon gets home, he immediately does what? Goes to his what? He goes from the island harbor straight to his palace where he gets to be wedded by his wife in Aegisthus. Killed. If Odysseus were to recognize you were home, he would probably be filled with what? 
Joy, happiness, of course. Joy or happiness, that's like being filled with sadness and being depressed. Does it make you smarter or dumber when you're full of joy? Think about it. Think about when you were younger and you were jumping around a bunch and you were so happy, you eventually do what to yourself? You hurt yourself eventually, right? And that's why your parent is like, you need to stop bouncing around right now. And you're like, but life is so great, I like to bounce around. But it makes you stupid. And so what's the problem with Odysseus? If he gets filled with joy, being stupid, he might make a what? A mistake, because there are at least 109 people who want what for Odysseus the moment they see him, if they recognize him. They want to what him? They want to kill him. They are an invading force. They are a host, as far as we are concerned. So, he cannot be filled with joy. And so, at first, he thinks that the Phaeacians have actually deceived him in taking his gifts, and the first thing he does after cursing the Phaeacians is counts all his gifts. Make sure that all his ducks are in a row. Well, then she, Athena shows up as a young girl and tells him he is on Ithaca. And then they have quite a conversation with each other. We will talk about what that conversation uh, entails. I'll actually, we'll quote that tomorrow.